0: what's going on everyone my name is Charlie Henderson and I'm here with my buddy Ben Walker uh, first thing I want to say today is rest in peace George Floyd um, we have heavy hearts and we're thinking about him and his loved ones and the larger issue at hand. on this podcast we like to find the humor in things and there's absolutely no humor to be found in that situation or many other situations in the news cycle right now there's plenty of opinions both good and bad all over the internet about the issue at hand. so we decided to step outside of the news cycle for this episode Yeah, so instead we're going to take a break from watching movies and TV to talk about movies and TV And if you like movies and TV, then you might like us talking about movies and TV. So give it a listen All right, so last night um, I watched Sam Murrell's stand-up comedy special called I got this on YouTube for free. He released it February and it was amazing. Like it was one of the funnier specials I've seen this year, probably. And it didn't cost me any money, which is crazy. Um, you're, you're kind of, I thought i I think I've heard you mention Sam's name before. Aren't you a fan of Sam Morrell at all? Yeah, I am. I have not, I haven't seen the new special. I would, what do you mean by amazing? Like, honestly, what do you think made this better Besides, like, oh, that joke was good or something. Well, it's—I mean—it's stand-up comedy, so I'm obviously gonna judge by how much I like, how much I laugh and how hard I laugh, and that's why I thought it was the best. But it was like um, Mark Norman's special, about 50 minutes. In every line is joke. It's amazing. He just fits like a hundred jokes into a 50 minutes. Spe- Actually, more than hundred jokes into a 50 minute special. That was the same thing with Sam's. It was like 47 minutes, nonstop jokes, and they were all hilarious to me. I got, I, I absolutely loved it. Those guys are both comedians, comedian, you know, too, kind of, I mean, they're not that they are solely comedians as opposed to, I don't know. So many of these guys now have another flip of the hat or something. Like I'm just all, most of them are podcasters or some shit or, I feel like you can't be a comedian and not have a podcast now though. Like if you, you, you can't be one of you have to, if you're a comedian, you have to have a podcast. That's like a rule. It's an unwritten rule for the industry nowadays. <laughs> Why would you not make one after you see how well? So I bet there's a lot of comedians who are like, okay, I know Joe Rogan. I've seen him do stand up. He's not that funny. And he no. is now like <laughs> rolling in money. <laughs> Talking about Sam Morell and Mark Norman's two people who are a hundred times funnier than Joe Rogan. And yeah, plus just- once you're, well, once you get millions of views on YouTube, even though it's free, you start a podcast, you get a couple like thousands. You got tens of thousands of people listening to your podcast every week. That's free money, basically. basically. You don't even have to do anything. Just talk. People also kind of now bow down to comedians or they go to them to hear what they think about stuff, which is hilarious. I mean, that's a that is failure hilarious. from the mainstream media, maybe. But <laughs> I was about to say, I thought you were saying that's like a failure of like us. I'm like, no, well, that's kind of not really our fault that we have to end up going to um, comedians to actually hear opinions. That's where we are nowadays. Yeah, that's the only. I mean, that's the only place where, because they're driven to be funny, <laughs> sometimes the opinions are more real than you would hear outside Seriously. of that. I mean. But yeah, the special was awesome. Mark Norman's special was awesome. They were both free. Um, they didn't get Netflix deals because they don't have uh, enough Twitter followers. But they were funnier specials than every single one released on Netflix in the last year in my opinion obviously it's pretty subjective because it's comedy but i think a lot of people would agree with me i mean and hopefully if those if those are both doing well and you like i'm i'm assuming they will get deals which i want to make netflix the enemy but that is if if you like one of those two guys that's what you want in the end that's where they get the big payday (laughs) yeah you can make it the enemy but like that's uh it used to be for comedians h if you got an hbo special like that's when you knew like you were it now it's like if you once you the netflix special you're in so I mean, I hope for their sake, I hope they both get Netflix specials because I think they're two of the funniest guys out right now. There's also so many like stand-up specials on Netflix. I mean, it oh, I know. blows my mind that they wouldn't toss some their way. I thought um, the standards were pretty low. Like <laughs> I know. And apparently they're I guess they're not pretty low if they're not even giving specials to Mark Norman. Yeah, I mean Bummer. from a content perspective, like the standards are pretty low. Like they just flesh out movies that are aimed at a certain niche like that's all Sandler's movies he hasn't had a massive deal on there (laughs) it's crazy because you know they're going to be terrible and they do incredible numbers yeah well Sandler's movie Uncut Gems just got on Netflix which is yeah that's a turn of events that's so if you haven't seen that now you watch it for for pretty much for people who don't know A24 is a I don't know what a film company that they made like Hereditary, Lady Bird uh, The Lighthouse mid 90s eighth grade Uh, they did the John Mulaney thing with the what is that sack launch thing oh yeah yeah what did you think uh, about Uncut Gems um well I yeah I won't go too into detail but I I definitely liked it I also my expectations were like I was I understood what was going on I'd seen this Safdie brothers who are like these hardcore indie directors yeah and for making these like anxiety inducing movies so I'd seen one of their movies before so I knew it wasn't going to be like just another Sandler movie or something. But I think a lot of people had that expectation going in. And when you have Sandler in a movie already, a lot of people are going to watch it, but it also got good reviews. So everyone was like, what mm-hmm. the oh, fuck? shit, what happen? <laughs> and then See, some I... people, no, go ahead and finish no. up. Well, I was just going to say, and then some people have that expectation of good reviews. And I love Adam Sandler. I'm going to watch this. And they're like, oh shit, that's not what I thought it was at all. Yeah. That, um, it was the most stressful movie I think I've ever seen in my life. I hadn't seen a Safety but I, I, I might've seen the Safety brothers movie before that without knowing it, but I didn't have the idea of like, oh, they make these seriously like intense, high, strong movies. And I mean, I, mean, I saw it in the theaters and I was extremely stressed out for about two hours straight, which kind of made it almost an unenjoyable experience. But in the end, I, I really enjoyed it. And I would recommend watching it if you haven't yet on Netflix, but don't watch it like before bed because your heart, your heart, your, your blood pressure is going to be pretty high. Once you're finished. That is interesting though, because I think a 24 they're, they're pretty, ma- they're actually mainstream now, ironically enough. Yeah, I mean, I know. They've but made enough. Which- they all, they also did moonlight. So they have a best picture winner. I mean, that's fucking huge for any studio, but it's, I don't know. It's weird. Cause our society is so keyed in and suspicious of like any corporate point. Now, anything yeah. where, and so it's important to remember that studio executives, like big ones, they're, like they didn't grow up loving movies and shit. And that's how they ended up in their position. They're, they're trying to make money. That's the, and I guess that like, that's not a really a bad thing either. Cause the movies that come out provide the most entertainment appeal to the most people. And movies kind of are an escape at the end of the day, right? Like get out of your shitty mm-hmm. life for a couple hours. But now that, especially now that we're sitting around so much, some, I mean, movies can do a lot more than just entertain. And that's a 24 fours movies are all over the fucking place. And I'm a big fan, to be honest. No, I, I mean they've built their company on taking risks that company other companies won't. Like a major, they made a horror studio, movie in daylight. <laughs> exactly, which is, I mean, wild. Nuts. And it's not. And it was yeah, great, they, in my opinion. Major major studios aren't going to deviate from the norm or make any film that doesn't follow like a, a linear narrative or have or a genre template or something or a reboot or a superhero movie, I guess, but. <sighs> That's how the world uh, goes around. goes around though. That's that you, that can be said for anything. Like in the end, it, like the main goal is going to have to be to make money. I mean, this is 21st century America, baby. Yeah. I would just say, bucks. I would just say, cause a lot of people do hate the a 24 movies too. Like that's a popular opinion. Why do you, you think that? Why do you think that's the case? Cause I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, it's tough, but I mean, they are a little pretentious. Like, that there's no question sometimes they, they are a little over the top and there isn't a clear but if you if you've grown up all your life watching major studio movies like i mean you're going to have a preconceived notion of what it's going to be when you go into a theater like you've seen the preview you think it's this and a lot of these A24 movies don't do that like there's no precedent for them they're not following the same genre trope or something i mean you just if you think of hereditary which that i mean a lot of people like that one but just because of how fucking weird it was. And how Basically. messed up, like it was, it, it might be the scariest movie I've ever seen. Like I love horror movies and I actually love Hereditary, but that movie is, is messed up. Like it's seriously messed up. Yeah. And it's, I mean, God, I just, I'm thinking the first time I watched that, I literally didn't know what was going to happen. And usually horror movies, you can kind of predict what, and you get the thrill from the fucking jump scares and stuff. But I'm thinking of Midsummer*. there were virtually no jump. There might've yeah. been like one or two. At the most. Midsummer was just like horrible to watch because people were jumping off rocky cliffs in the middle of the daylight. Like it's not a jump scare, but it's horrifying in its own way. Did you see, I saw some, um, I saw a a tweet today and it was um, Japanese art for like a Midsummer cover. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was a girl with like the flower, like the flower neck, necklace main thing. Dude, super seen, awesome. I've seen that all over. There's all this like A24 merchandise that gets sold. Oh, yeah. They're they're because to they're into Rick and Morty. I swear to God, it will be. <laughs> like, that's where it's just people who like A24 films are going to fucking suck because you're like, <laughs> oh, those are the only movies you like. But I mean, I think it, it's definitely good for movies, right? That they're, mm-hmm. we're like in the golden age of TV where every TV show imaginable is coming out. But like, the, st- yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say studio movies are kind of dying. If, if you don't, mm-hmm have a reboot a sequel or like, I don't know, rom-coms that test well there, why would you ever make that? You're not, you're not going to make a profit off of it. It's a huge risk for a major studio. And then a 24 literally takes a risk on every movie they're making kind of. And mm-hmm. that's, but that's what, you know, when you're going to it, and hopefully that'll be established. So people don't think, Oh, this is Adam Sandler playing nine characters and making his usual jokes as opposed to like a pretty serious movie. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of it for me. Cause like, I don't know what I'm going to see whenever I walk into the theater I would much rather walk into the theater not knowing what I'm gonna see and come out surprised by it, um, taken back, um, like like unexpected, even even scared, horrified, was anxious, stressed. Like they were, speaking of like a movie that made me feel bad was really good was Joker. That's not an a twenty four movie, but I didn't know what I was gonna see. It made me feel like shit, and I loved it. That's like watching Hereditary or Midsummer. Like I, it was horrible to watch in some parts, but I absolutely loved it because I didn't know what I was gonna see. That's why, like, I'm gonna go see. An A twenty four movie, like I have a choice between the next Marvel movie and an A twenty four, or not even A twenty four. I it, just anything that I don't know exactly what's going to happen, I'm taking that over Captain America fifteen every day, every day of the week, without a doubt. Yeah, I. But I will say, like those the template movies like you i mean say what you want about marvel movies but you can't really say they're bad i mean no i'm not saying they're bad i just know i just too i there's i have like this i have like an epic meter and once you once you over like there's like 10 out of 10 epic and i prefer to keep it like under 7 because 7 to 10 is just like too much and every marvel movie is like 11 out of 10 epic like it's just too it's just too cool like yeah if something can be too cool like infinity war is too cool If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. When the stakes of our very world hang in the balance every single fucking movie. (laughs) I mean, that's just insane. Those are always the stakes. But they do have best CGI available, probably in the world. Oh, my God. Every famous actor available. They have like nine A list actors playing superheroes. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And they entertain. They do. Yeah. The Marvel cast is like the most talented cast ever in the history of cinema. Is it not? There's no way there's a movie that has more A list actors in it. As far as name recognition, no, and that that is the cool part. I mean, that's one I don't know, for sure. I don't know what I really thought about Endgame, but that is there's like immense satisf- satisfaction when mm-hmm. all these storylines come together, and even when it should be cheesy, when the whole squad is showing up, that's yeah. like fucking insane. You're Like, oh my god, that. <laughs> that's why I'm not going to go out and talk a bunch of shit on Endgame because I mean it was the most like it was just it it was almost made to be a payoff, and it absolutely was an incredible payoff. So I'm not going to complain about it. Now it it did. Over, it was a little too epic for me, but that's just me. So I'm not going to like debate someone on it necessarily. But it, it probably was, I mean, as far as like connecting plots and, and uh, like giving the audience the ending that they deserve, I think Endgame did a great job. But I don't know. I think it's almost like once the production value gets to a certain point, it just makes it like not even enjoyable, like not even super enjoyable anymore. Yeah. And I, I mean, another thing about the Marvel movies and most, I keep saying template movies, but that's just like, Movies that don't deviate from the norm, like you've seen them before with different people and different words, kind of thing, mm-hmm. is that like usually the good guys might as well have a label over the uh, the bad guys' label over their head. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to come at the end, and there is going to be satisfaction when you get your payoff, or the guy gets a girl, the guy kills the dude, and then gets a girl, or like some one of the one of the big good guys is going to die, can be super sad, and then they're going to avenge him or her, and it's going to be happier for everybody. What's your favorite superhero movie ever? I uh, Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, excluding Dark Knight. Cause I mean, that's obviously the best. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, when does Tenet and come it, out? I'm so excited. They oh my they just God. i freak that out trailer. Yeah. Did you see it? it? The, I'm usually pretty good about not getting my expectations too high, but like I've, I've, no, I've, I fucked, I've messed up. I'm. It's too late for me. It's <laughs> way too late for my expectations. I need to calm I down. See somehow. How I walk in there and walk out of there. Like, I love that. That was genius. <laughs> yeah. There's just no chance. No, there's no way. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, Christopher Nolan's a God. He does the hardest thing ever, too, is where he does like M. Night Shyamalan, makes all the twist movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he made The Sixth Sense and a couple others that a kind of land, but when you miss on those, they fucking suck. Like those yeah. are the worst movies when it's a terrible, like a not an earned twist or a predictable one or something. And Could you imagine if first, it just flops? Oh my God, it won't, it won't flop unless it gets I, terrible. I, 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 I didn't mean that's flop, the only but like, it's, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <clears throat> And I mean, I, like, I guess it could when he, he always plays with like the linear narrative and shit and uh-huh. that is gimmicky. Like that's, if it, if that's not done well, then it looks stupid. And I, I feel like but he he's might, done it well so many times. I mean, I already, know, like, but he's he, so ambitious. He said this one was going to be his most ambitious movie. Yeah. Oh, like, Interstellar that worries was, me. And I know everyone, uh, Interstellar is like a lot of people's favorite movie ever. And I'm like, it's not my I'm favorite movie. On that. I like it. Yeah. Like I think it missteps in places It was way too fucking long, but it still worked. But I mean, imagine, I don't know, like an, an interstellar that's not even understandable. Like I just, he, he caught the bullet in the preview. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he was shooting the gun backwards. I actually saw some like, it was like the, the real footage and the reverse footage on like a review of the um, trailer. I almost, I almost like didn't click on the trailer because I didn't even want to watch it. Like I just wanted to I have a going with like just a, just a blank slate. Cause like I said, my expectations are too high and I don't think it's possible to lower my expectations. Like I wish I would, if I could, but yeah, the trailer was nuts and you know, I'm just, I'm too excited for it. Speaking of uh, interstellar though, I think I like memento more than I like interstellar. Like Hold straight up. I'm on, I'm going to agree. I'm not going to argue with that. I I think memento might be his best movie, honestly. The no, that, prestige, that's fair. It's fucking great too. The, uh, my, that, the prestige is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I think. Maybe because I've seen it the most recently and like I could understand it. I've seen some, some of Christopher Nolan movies I saw when I was like younger now seeing the prestige, like for the first time at this age, like I I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, Oh my God, that was so fucking good. Yeah. Some of these, like the storylines in his movies, like if you, even if I came up with that idea, I'd probably doubt it. I'd be like, there's no way I could pull that off and write it and film it. Oh my God. That's yeah. It's insane. Like, that's why it scares me when he says tenants is his most ambitious movie yet. It's like, Oh geez like how do you how are you more ambitious than interstellar he's already towing the line a little bit he has <laughs> yeah I mean, dunkirk was like wild in its own way too where that was dunkirk was sick because it was kind of like a it was like a break from his normal stories because i mean obviously that's a true story and that was kind of like a an overview look on a on a historical battle rather than some insane story where time is completely twisted um but i actually really enjoyed dunkirk too <laughs> no I I loved it too and I mean I think it's it's cool when these guys that are so good at what they do get to the, and he's been at this point but he, he's at the point where he can literally make whatever he wants with whoever he wants oh for sure are you kidding me imagine getting Which, a call from Christopher Nolan as an actor and they're like nah I'll pass <laughs> I mean but that's Some just I, a nice one time I saw I an interview with Tarantino te- <laughs> sorry one time I saw an interview no, no. with Tarantino and um, they asked him like so he's um, is, like has is an actor ever like turned you down and he was just like no <laughs> Like, no, not really. I mean, sometimes, like, I think... Oh, he wrote... This is interesting. I'm pretty sure that Tarantino wrote Django for Denzel Washington. I read that too, and, yeah. And Denzel Washington turned it down because, I mean, really, Christoph Waltz was really got the most lines and kind of was the main character. And so Denzel was like, no, nah, I'm not taking it. And then it ended up Jamie Foxx. So I guess that's the one time someone turned down Tarantino was Denzel Washington for... Jan- Could you imagine turning down Django Unchained? What? Like, hey, Which, hey you want to act in this movie called Django that I'm making about, like, a, a free slave who murders 100 white guys in the last scene of the movie? And Denzel's like, nah, I'm good. Dude, he is Denzel, though. He's probably like, you're going to, if I'm going to be in your movie, I'm the main guy. It doesn't even seem like I'm the main character. And keep in mind, he hasn't seen the movie yet. I mean, I, yeah, honestly, I bet it, in a conversation with Tarantino, like, you give him 45 minutes and you could almost watch the movie through his words. Like, you know he knew exactly what he wanted to do. That's Probably all of his movies, but yeah, that is that is a wild turndown though. <laughs> That's insane! Like, no, I don't want to be in Django on Shane. Thanks, though. I that, that blows my mind. But I'm not Denzel Washington. I'm just a mere, I'm just a mere podcaster. <laughs> barely, seriously, <laughs> seriously barely, that, buddy. barely, barely. Um, but speaking, okay, I gotta give my favorite superhero movie. Actually, after besides Dark Knight, which I think is the best superhero movie ever created hands down. What's your favorite superhero movie after that? Oh man, let me think of something like quirky and art housey. <laughs> okay. I'll no, to, I'll I don't even know. It. I mean, I don't love, I would def if I had the time to answer that question, I would definitely stretch the definition of superhero. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That's why I'm like stretched. Like, can you even consider Deadpool like a superhero movie? Because Deadpool two, I think is my favorite superhero movie, but it's like, just, it's like slapstick comedy. It's like com. It's just a hundred percent comedy. Almost um, like yeah, there's a superhero technically in it, but there's like no, it's like no other superhero qualities. I mean, I get obviously there is. I mean, it's the whole the whole story of fighting the fighting the bad guy, saving the world, yada yada yada. But it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I and that's hard to do with a superhero movie. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a that was a smart move on part. I don't even I don't even know who Brian Reynolds didn't write it or anything, but just, just a lot to say the, though. But I mean, the suit yeah, the superheroes movies are so big right now so to do that on the budget the same budget as other ones and then kind of subvert every expectation of a superhero that's i get i just hope that doesn't you know does not everyone doesn't start doing that i don't want batman looking at the camera and being like saying (laughs) some shit i don't (laughs) No, i agree i don't think that would happen though with batman maybe someone else i guess you spider-man acting like that yeah true it's kind of who's the next spider-man there's a new guy every five it's weird how all of these franchise like the james bond thing is cool like that's been going on so long they're always high budget they're always you know pretty mm-hmm. decent movies have some cool guy in there but now all superhero movies have become the same way we're like every five years they're like oh hey, we haven't made a batman movie in a minute let's make a new one because people yeah, are gonna, gonna no fucking fan. see him. oh of course you can make you could repeat that exact same movie just over and over again and they would make millions that's, of dollars. That's what some they time. do, by the way. And then they sub out a new character and then And the only it sucks that the progressive part, like the progressive add on of superhero movies hasn't been like a progressive plot or anything necessarily. They just like they just change like the politics within it and maybe oh a female lead this time. Oh, that's crazy. I mean the Marvel movies were somewhat progressive. As far yeah, as like they, carrying on stuff. They a do story. have great writers too, by the way. Like, they're yeah. the people who are <laughs> well, writing that are. They should. They should have the best writers in the game. They have enough money. If they have the best actors and actresses in the entire world and enough money to pay all of them, why wouldn't they pay the best writers to write it also? And they do. Like, I'm not going to complain about Marvel movies. I'm just going to say they're not my, necessarily my favorite. And that's that being said, that's a hard movie. Yeah, that's fine too. Rock is a phenomenal movie. Um, What's the. Um, oh, Korg. You know, the, the guy made a rock and his little friend with the scissor hands. I that's my favorite I always character. I forget his name. Yeah, but he's he's fucking hilarious. Like that sees for example, that's taking a chance as Marvel. Like I mean, to make a full on comedy when you know you could make a pretty straightforward Thor movie and it'd probably get like eighty on Rotten Tomatoes and a bunch of people would go see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, so it's I, Korg and Meek. <laughs> Dude, those are the best characters in any superhero movie I've ever seen in my life, I swear to God. I try to start a revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets. That's like the best line I think yeah, I've that's have ever hilarious. heard. <laughs> the, the I love writers it so you. much. Who write these Marvel movies, like they do have to follow a story arc and stuff. So it's basically mm-hmm. like a mad lib for them. Yeah. I mean, which is honestly harder. Like that'd be harder to write a movie from that standpoint, especially when you're balancing like, like oh like nine main characters in a movie so every word they say has to be true to their character and mean something like they can't just have too many throwaway lines and shit yeah that's why i'm not going to talk a bunch of shit on endgame because like the way they actually connected all the arcs and incorporated all the characters without like any like serious plot holes is like extremely impressive and a, and very well like well done for like the people who wanted to see it basically like everyone was super satisfied with that and that's a hard thing to do to have imagine having um, that many a fan base that large and actually making all of them happy I don't think that almost ever happens with entertainment yeah. at that level RIP Game of Thrones man Jesus um, I, dude, I, I don't, don't want to get mad right now so I'm not I don't want to talk about the last season of Game of Thrones because I'll get legitimately upset I'm going to make a promise myself right now I'm never going to watch another episode of that I don't care even no. if it's an early good one I'm not going back. I, dude, I'm serious. I don't want to talk about it. I'll get mad. We can talk about it another time. I, don't, I I've. I kind of had a bad day at work and I just don't want to get pissed right now. But Last thing I'll say though, wait, just real quick. Yeah, so go, HBO go Max face. just came out. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah, so which is a big deal. They added like a, it's like the biggest library of any streaming platform, I guess. But on the advertisement on Twitter, like there was a Game of Thrones logo in there and everyone commenting beneath that were like putting Game of Thrones on there makes me not want to get it. Like <laughs> people are still that mad deservedly so to be honest I I mean it is tough because once you watch a show long enough you think it's yours and so Uh someone's gonna fuck with that even if it's the people who are doing it originally still speaking of (laughs) shows I think speaking of shows I think are mine um, I'm I'm almost finished with community and the reason I'm saying that is because the Russo brothers who directed um, Captain Marvel Winter Soldier uh, Infinity War and Endgame we're directing Community before they directed all those three movies, which blows my mind because they're just completely different. Completely know, different. But, it, but if you do watch Community, you notice it's filmed a lot differently than a normal sitcom because a lot yeah, of times and, they are. As I love they're, it. They're mocking like a genre trope within a TV show mm-hmm. or movie or something. And so they film it just like that, which I mean, that'd be a fun experience as a director. It's like that you dip, your, dip into everything literally. Yeah, imagine Every being episode, able to dip film into... Differently. A- Imagine be able to dip into like shoot 'em up action, but you get a bunch of like comedy characters with paintball guns in a community college. Like that would be so much fun. And they, didn't, like, yeah, they did that. They did it so well. Those episodes are great. Yeah, they, they did ah. a Die Hard parody. They did. Um, oh, one of my favorite episodes was when they did um, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, with Donald with, Glover. That's hilarious. Yeah, Donald Glover solved the um, problem, which is like it's like stupid, but it's awesome. I mean, all of those, yeah. Community was like severely underrated. That I didn't even know what it was until not that long ago. Yeah, no, same. But it just blows my mind that the Russo brothers can go from a show created by Dan Harmon to the Avengers: Infinity War. That's pretty sick. Like, what, 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 what a career to be honest. Yeah, that's a fuck. That's a fucking hop. They got a long way to go. I wonder what else they've done. Like, why would? marvel be like i mean and by the way that's a smart like a great thing marvel has done they've brought in like they brought in all kinds of different people like they're not bringing in the usual people to make superhero Mm -hmm. movies which i mean they they shouldn't be you know because they want to give each one their own little fucking flair or whatever and it kind of works so if you bring in i guess two directors that are i mean obviously really good at what they do i just can't imagine going from community was like so close to being over budget the entire time was running so they had to cut costs constantly during the season and shit and then all of a sudden you get that budget they're like oh yeah do anything." you go from like a a sitcom that like has good ratings but not that many people watch it so you can't pay that much money to all of a sudden the biggest budget to ever exist in the history of film they like film a scene wrong and and they like one of one of the brothers picks up the camera he's gonna throw it or something the guy behind it's probably like yeah throw it we'll get you a new one get that anger out we don't care (laughs) whatever you need man so I'm like re- I'm like reading about the Russo brothers right now, and I mean, they have they directed the pilot for Arrested Development. Um, that's that's a big deal too, honestly. Yeah, it is. And then they you got could argue Community. Arrested Development is like the best comedy of the two thousands, maybe. Yeah, you could. I don't know if I would agree with that <laughs> from a subje- from a subjective standpoint. I'm not gonna like like. No, shut up, idiot. Community is better, but they have happy endings. I mean, they went from like. Sitcoms—they really did go from sitcoms to Captain America: Winter Soldier, which is which I just confuses me a little bit. But I mean, I like it. I guess I mean maybe the reason that Marvel does that is because the Russo brothers proved that they were good at directing like comedy. Because I mean, Marvel does also a pretty good job of bringing in like legitimately funny scenes and characters. So maybe that was kind of the pull for the Russo brothers because they were already directing hilarious stuff. Yeah, there. Marvel is that's the biggest difference between DC too, <clears throat> is like the dialogue is a lot better in the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. What whether it's making you laugh or like even being a character, I saw some video analyzing like during fight scenes. If you listen to the dialogue in Marvel movies, like it, it makes sense. Even some of it's funny, this and that. And then in the DC movies, like they show a scene of Aquaman where he's just yelling "booyah" after he like kicks people and stuff. <laughs> it's just like a waste of. I mean. <laughs> Why put that in? Did they write Booyah uh, on a piece of paper? And they're like, hey, say this. <laughs> they they spell nice. it B-O-O-Y-A-H exclamation point. Script. <laughs> Go. I don't know. Yeah, that is kind of fucking stupid. But <laughs> so, son, they have also directed the post credit scene of Ant-Man. <laughs> like, why Why is that Jesus. even? So like they did <laughs> interact Ant-Man, but they just they were assigned the post-credit scene. What? I don't even know. Like I, I'm not even sure what that scene is. It like its own little movie until the credits end or something. I, maybe that was their trial. They're like, hey, you guys kill this, <laughs> we'll throw you a bone. Speaking of DC, though, I don't even, I don't even think I've seen any DC movies. To be honest, I saw Aquaman, but that might be it for a long, they, for a uh, while. So that was it the justice league movie that fucking failed so badly? I mean, I know the Batman versus Superman one was considered pretty bad too. But apparently so Zack Snyder is like the guy they've enlisted mm-hmm. um for DC and he did 300, he did Watchmen. He's he's done a lot of shit actually. Yeah, Wait. wasn't watching was was pretty good, right? Um yeah. I mean, also the dark, the Dark Knight's technically DC, so that's a W. Yeah, sort of. Eh. <laughs> Christopher Nolan wouldn't say that. I bet. Yeah, but no, he'd he, be like, "Nah, that was me." But apparently, uh, people are excited because on HBO Max, going to release like the uncut version of Justice League, I guess, which is what the director actually wanted, as opposed to like the trimmed down and two hour, two and a half hours to the, like whatever they actually put out. See, I'll always I take know. the uncut version if I have a choice, even if it's long. Like people are like, "Oh, that movie's two and a half hours. I don't want to watch it." But I'm like, well, I mean, if it's good, it's definitely worth watching. For it's definitely worth setting aside two and a half hours for. Yeah. I mean, that's a cool thing about Netflix too is they can, I don't think there really is a limit on how long No, you could make a movie because it's just fucking there and just hope people watch it. They might make As a community to, movie. Yeah. I, they've been talking about thing. that for a long time, I guess, but <laughs> Do you know how it started? It started as like they they, they, they broke the fourth wall in the, in the show. Like to be funny was to say, hashtag six seasons in a movie. And all of a sudden, of course, it's like picked up by the fans. And now yeah, like it's je- actually, now that's on Netflix, there's actually a chance. I want to see, I'll do a two and a half hour community movie with Donald Glover and Chevy Chase. I know there's no way it's going to have Chevy Chase in it, but bring back Donald Glover, bring back Chevy Chase, two and a half hours of community directed by the Russo brothers, written by Dan Harmon. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, I want the whole reason that Netflix can make that possible. <laughs> the, the Netflix is like the savior for that. Like, that, that's the only reason it can happen. It's the only way it can happen. They, they brought back community on Netflix not long ago. So that's why it's getting all this. I mean, that's it's, I it's heard talked it. about a lot. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they do that, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's not. It, that's just like the hopes and dreams of the community fans is not really like a come to fruition. Yeah, and fuck you. There's some people that have been waiting since the year it started, not knowing if was yeah, no, going to be a real season. Fans. <laughs> there's definitely real fans out there, and I'm not one of them. We both watched it this summer, Admittedly. and like, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even like I haven't even watched like a. a I, I think I've never in my life have seen a sitcom like watched a sitcom from like episode one. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't watch the Office. Office. I've seen a hundred Office episodes, but I'd never started from the beginning and watched a season through or anything like that. Um, but with community, I actually did. And that, but I mean, that's the sitcoms at least back in that day were made for syndication. So you can randomly watch them. Like I'm yeah. sure you've seen Seinfeld, but you haven't seen it through. You haven't seen it in a, you oh, see like abs- a one-off yeah. episode Exactly. each one is supposed to kind of stand on its own, which definitely, I mean, can hurt the show overall. Like if you watch it in a row, but obviously, you know, Dan Harmon's on some shit. So it's, there's a lot of continuity throughout it. Did you watch season, uh, four? Yeah. Season four trash. That's yeah. Well that I would assume it's trash. I want it to be trash kinda. <laughs> no, have you so have you not watched it yet? No. I'm on oh, it's so the first three seasons three? of the community are like my favorite comedy shows maybe ever. Season four is just obviously worse. And like five like Day Hunger comes back and it gets a little bit better in five it gets a lot better in five and six, but it's just not the same without Chevy and Donald. Yeah, that is tough tough that Chevy leaves. I mean <laughs> He's he's fucking hilarious in that, dude. He he's so he, like so funny. I was like I don't think I like you know people like type LOL, but they don't actually laugh. Like that show makes me like actually physically laugh out loud. And Chevy like made me laugh a lot. The best part is that it's so quick too. Like they they speak so quickly, it goes so quick. There could be like five jokes in ten seconds, and <laughs> if they just go go around the table, and each character says something, and like all mm-hmm. the lines are no most of the lines aren't even set someone else up. They're all funny on their own, which is insane. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> tough to do. Looks, oh, I feel like Chevy, a lot of Chevy's lines are aimed at someone else. <laughs> They're generally pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That is, I want to eat Alison Brie for breakfast. God, she's, she is, um, I mean, yeah, i sort of fallen, fallen for Dave now. over there. Jesus. Yeah. Good for her. I mean, she, she deserves at least that. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah, so like, too, like she's actually yeah, funny. She's super funny. Apparently, she'd never like done any comedy work before that, and like the rest of them, obviously have. I mean, no, I recognize her from Mad Men. That's how she started. Yeah, the what is his name? John Hamm's for, coworker like the, that. Yeah, that the annoying bitch. I hate that guy. Yeah, the annoying fucker that no one likes. And it, it's it's his it's his uh, she's his wife. But like, that's the first. That was her first big big gig. And now she's flying. I think. I mean, she's doing really. She signed a deal with Netflix or something. I think she's yeah, on she's, Glow. Yeah, Glow. She actually has a topless and glow. I need to remind me. I'm going to make a note right now to Google that later. <laughs> <laughs> how did you already know that was out there? Um, I don't. That's a good question. Probably me Googling something like Allison Breeze boobs, but I don't think I did that. I don't know how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I don't buy that. There's no way you Googled that and then didn't click. <laughs> Real You're like, oh, they're out there. Yeah, okay. no, no, I de- but I didn't, <laughs> I, I don't know how I know that she has a top of scene in that movie. I think, cause I was watching a couple of interviews with her. Oh, I think, oh, I think she was talking about it on like Conan or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she's, she's definitely attractive, but yeah, that's her Google character kind of is too in the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so uh, Mad Men was her first big gig was, you know, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Was Madman her first big gig too? I feel like it was. Um, I'm not sure. She's been in a lot of shit since then, though. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss is an incredible actress. She's great if in that. Know, I don't. If, I bet I'll if if never watch Invisible Mad Men again. No, uh, I, no. Won't re- I won't. I won't rewatch Mad Men. There's no. I don't. I don't like. A lot of people like talk about like, watching shows multiple times through. I never do that, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah, it's a. It's kind of tough because some people do it to like people I so many people watch the office to soothe them or something. Like they just have it on as background music. Well, like like people think like being able to quote the office is a personality trait, like legitimately. Like people joke, like, oh, that's not a personality trait. But like people like like brag, like that's their whole life, is being able to quote from the office. That's like the biggest thing, that's the proudest thing they are of themselves. I was watching Tommy that watching. Like, quote, I was watching that live like when it was coming out because my so parents yeah, would watch it. That like yeah, that like developed my sense of humor. But now I you know I'm not going to be too vocal about loving it. <laughs> fun that, facts. Everyone, it's it's a new friends, dude. <laughs> yeah, fun facts. So NBC Thursday nights from 2009 to 2012, the lineup was Parks and Rec, The Office, 30 Rock, Community. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. The Office. I wish that lineup was like right now. Now that I'm like now that I'm familiar with stuff, because in 2009, 2012, I mean, we were in middle school, right? We were, but... I didn't didn't fucking care about sitcoms. That lineup can be right now because you don't have to wait till a certain time to watch stuff and you could watch all of them. Just stream that shit. Much easier. Yep, true. I mean, community was never even popular then, though, so it sounds cooler now. And also, 30 Rock, like won a bunch of awards but didn't actually do that well yeah was doing numbers obviously the office was huge but also so parks and until rec. they're gone yeah and parks and rec was written by the dude who the head writer of the office too oh really i, I mean he's Damn, he was yeah. doing real well <laughs> for a while yeah there. oh you have you seen like a decent round of the office or no yeah oh, yeah oh yeah i have the dude who the guy who plays um Dwight's cousin, Mo's, he like he has a few weird fucking scenes where he's sprinting or doing something weird. That's yeah. the head writer, like that's the dude who. Oh really? Yeah. Went to Harvard. I feel like that's all. That's awesome. I feel, so like weird. He's, I feel like I've heard that before, but I just didn't remember it. He's wonder, also like, wait. Let me look him up real quick because I think he did. He's done even more than that, which is that. That's a life right there. But I mean. Yeah. Seriously. And if I was like in charge of writing a show like that, I would definitely write myself into some weird, quirky character every once in a while. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, he was... Okay, so he, Michael Schur. Oh, my God. He created The Good Place, co-created the comedy series Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and was a producer on Master of None. <laughs> what is wrong worked, with that guy? He worked at Saturday Night Live for a while. What a beast. Did he, have you seen the Nine? Lampoon? Uh, yeah, watched, I have. I watched the first I, uh, couple seasons of it. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm, that's, like, not my cup of tea. I like Andy Samberg, though. You know, I think he's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. No, I was definitely a big fan of that. But it didn't, like... It didn't necessarily keep me coming back for season after season after season, but I was a fan. Agreed. Like I don't com- know if I love the characters as much as like I do in Community or something. Mm-hmm. No, same. Like Community definitely is way better the first three seasons, but the first three seasons earned for me at least finishing out the show. Whereas Brooklyn Nine Nine was good, but it didn't like earn my dedication to finishing it. You it know what is. I, mean? I will say why I think Community could. Arguably, be considered a better show than The Office. I mean, The Office, it, it the I Office prefer, was absolutely I incredible when you go like season t- two through four, probably like when the Jim Pam storyline is still out there, when there's still stakes, kind of. Like mm-hmm. then it's it's fucking great. But Community from the first episode, they take like all what eight of their characters and they give them all storylines, so you actually kind of know something about the character as opposed to like you know Creed's doing one liners for four seasons and so is Kevin, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. All of a sudden, in the fifth season, they have nothing else to do because Jim and Pam are together. So they have to create storylines for these other characters that are literally just stereotypes by that point. So Kevin's <laughs> a dumb idiot who's in accounting, huh? Isn't there like 12 seasons of The Office, though? No, no. It's like eight, maybe? Seven? Oh, that's Steve still Carrel a lot. Left After six, maybe? Or during seven? <laughs> oh, so that's that what means, I mean. Come on. It ended whenever Steve Carell left. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, people still watch it. till I never finished it. And I've seen it like three times through, never finished all the way through. <laughs> yeah. I've never watched it in order, but I've seen a lot of episodes. Also, I think it's, I, I can't believe Will Ferrell is the guy they brought in after Steve Carell. They tried all, they tried all kinds of people, didn't they? They brought in like two or three bosses, but <laughs> yeah, well, that's like the least funny I've seen Will Ferrell, honestly. Oh, Steve Carell's got a new show. It's the uh, space force. Oh, fuck yeah, reviews. got bitterly. trash reviews. Got its It's, I think, um, so I don't, I don't, is it... Hold up. I'm going to look it up. I don't know if it's fully released. I don't know if it's like released yet completely, but the first like Rotten Tomatoes came out. 44% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeesh. Oh, comes out tomorrow. I read. It comes out tomorrow. Force is a massive misfire. <laughs> <laughs> that's, wow. program, oh man, that, that's even worse because Program Creator, Steve Carell, Executive Producer, Steve Carell and some other people, but Steve Carell a main character, the yeah, creator yeah. and the producer. And it's got he 44% decided to go after it. And it and oof. Oof, oof. That's too bad. That is rough. But that's it's that, funny that we talk about that right now because it actually comes out tomorrow on Netflix. Damn. Well, I will not let you know how it because is. I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> I won't either. Oh, our buddy, our boy Ben Schwartz, main character. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, good for him, I guess, even if it's any <laughs> press is <name's>, good press. <laughs> his name is F. Tony Scarapiducci. Yeah, he's... He's pretty funny. I was more impressed with, um, what's his name, though, in the improv, at least. Uh, Middle Ditch. Yeah. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was impressed with both of them. Jesus, we've just been talking about TV and movies for like... <laughs> yeah, I know. It is <laughs> it's kind it of a nameless. Yeah, that's it's true. Good, good, distract, good distraction from the real world right now. I need to think about something else. Twitter makes me like. I woke up this morning and just scrolled through the internet, and I was like, "Wow, I, I, I don't feel good about myself or anything at all." So yeah, yeah I'd rather talk about. I'd rather talk about the community then. Very least, the value we can provide is being like a litter little quicker than Google. Like we say, "Oh yeah, I read this and this," and you know, so we <laughs> we, we quickly you know, some up TV shows maybe. Except we talk about things that people aren't searching for. So it really just defeats the point of being quicker than yeah, you. Yeah, that is true. But if, I mean, hey, we turn a few people on the community. Hey, might as well. It's doing some good for the world, Hey, I that's, think. That's more people who can tweet hashtag six seasons in a movie and maybe we'll get a movie. Yeah, then they become like the Rick and Morty fan base and then... <sighs> don't know about that. Now nah, we'll see. Have you ever seen... Have you watched... Har- did you watch Harmon Quest? Uh, I haven't watched it, but I understand. Like, I've uh, I've seen clips of it. Yeah, he's it's done a like ton of- <sighs> go ahead. It's basically like um Dungeons and, Dra- and Dragons the movie, like pretty much, but just with like legit comedians as characters, and they just which is actually like that's a pretty funny idea. And because I mean, it's you sick. do you are creating like you're improvising a real time narrative with made up characters, but they were. I watched a video where someone was analyzing how Dan Harmon in the even in that, he's using that story circle for his own character. Like, because most yeah. of the characters are always going to step up and kill something. And, like, we his character the has video. these doubts and stuff. Yes, that's too bad. We, we definitely bad. saw the same video. <laughs> you know what I'm going to start doing is saying, I didn't, I'm not going to say I saw this video. I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, like, you know it. Like, this is something yeah. that I know for sure, not something. Not like, even to it just saves time, you know? So I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> how is this video a better source than not even mentioning it? I mean, <laughs> can we go back to movies for a minute? Oh yeah, sure. I'm going to figure out when the French Dispatch comes out because I am more. Are are you more excited for French Dispatch or Tenants? Um, I think I will like French Dispatch more, probably. I I think I might be more excited for French Dispatch. Is that going to? Oh, it's not until October 16th. Yeah, dude, they we got a ways to go. They leak that shit early, so you get hopefully people get pumped about it and or have at least heard about it. I was about that's, to say that's why people can't start campaigning so early for president and shit, but I mean I don't want to talk about politics at all. No, I, I can't I I I can't do politics right now. Even if I try, I just don't want to. I wonder if they're sick of it too i don't know i I feel like they're just like just rope like it's just programmed into them so deeply that that's just how it just they're they wake up they partisan warfare go to sleep wake up do it again like there's i don't that's their life god it just sounds exhausting like it's it's one thing if we were to work for like an ad firm or something and you could argue you're doing bad in the world by you know through manipulation and trying to get people to buy shit but like they a lot of them almost across the board directly are like they're opinions and statements have repercussions and mm-hmm. on a large scale <laughs> yeah let's leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's leave politics at that let should we just leave the whole episode at that or the whole yeah the, yeah, yeah maybe that. We all, right. all right sounds good hey! goodbye everybody <laughs>